0: everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on RashPixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and right over there is Nikki Kinzer.
1: Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright.
0: Hello, Nikki Kinzer. A happy, sunshiny day to you yes, this it fine is. June.
1: It is. It's a beautiful day. Beautiful start of, of the month of June. Absolutely.
0: Truly. Truly. Yes. It is. I, I feel like we need to say uh, out loud as we go through June that these are the last handful of episodes through June before our break. So just a reminder, we are taking a break, but we are coming back after July. So don't don't leave. Just know we're taking a little bit of a break uh, through our annual July hiatus.
1: Yes, but I do have a quick announcement. Oh, do? Do tell. Yes. So I am going to be doing a summer uh, group coaching Um, sessions. So they're going to be, uh, eight weeks instead of the normal 10. And they will start in July. So even though we don't have a podcast in July, I'm still working with my groups in July. So um, check out the website for more information about the group coaching. And, and,
0: um, and yeah. we will continue to do we still have our hangout for patrons, our, our yes. happy hour with Pete and Nikki. And we've got some workshops uh, uh, coming up. We just won't have uh, a few episodes of the podcast That's right. while we do our annual uh, rethink. That's right. Rethink, reshape, redo. Renew.
1: Renew. All the res. (laughs) All the r's.
0: Rere. And maybe a little rest in
1: there too, right? It might be a little rest. (laughs) Yeah. Might be a little rest. (laughs) A little
0: vacation. A re ve. Um, But we are going to be talking about overcoming the fear of making decisions today. Before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com to get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right on the website or subscribe to the mailing list on the homepage and you'll get an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. And I think, do we have any questions today? Do we have any listener
1: questions? No. Well, this actually, uh, the inspiration came from a survey that I did a long time ago, like an old survey. Oh, but it's not excellent. really a question.
0: All right. Well, the survey just came out. So if you didn't respond to the survey, it's too late now. Uh, but uh, be on the lookout for that because it's a great way to get questions in you should be checking out our Discord group. And that Discord group has been so lively uh, over the last, particularly over the last weekend. I checked in this morning and so much going on.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I know, it's crazy.
0: I I missed in all of the sun shining and swim meets that we had going on this weekend. And uh, so you should check that out. And how do you check that out? Well, there is a, a great way to access that community. Now, you can access it for free right now. You can jump into the general ADHD community chat room on Discord, uh, but it is, uh, and the link is in the show notes. You're welcome to jump into that uh, anytime. There's a fantastic community of of people in there talking about ADHD stuff, uh, sharing resources, doing all of that great stuff. If you want access to the extra stuff, we deeply encourage you to check out patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. By becoming a patron, by sharing a, a few bucks with us each month, you get access to a long list of chats uh, chat groups over on our Discord server. You get access to uh, the resources. You can get access to resources and downloads and and uh, uh, our video workshops that we do each month at the Supreme level. Uh, and you get access to uh, one another. I mean, the the group there has put together an amazingly rich uh, set of, uh, of channels to talk about everything from medication, ADHD support, accountability. You can jump into uh, accountability group sessions for things like homework or just getting work done or scanning or whatever you have going on. It has become such an incredible resource. I'm deeply gratified to jump in there every single week. Uh, And uh, all of that is available to you as a a paying patron uh, over at patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. More importantly, most importantly, this is listener-supported podcasting. And so each week we get a chance to just ask one more time, celebrating the ADHD community, joining the ADHD community also helps Nikki and I continue to flourish as we produce this podcast going into our 10th year. Uh, And uh, it is it's gratifying. It's uh, satisfying. It's you're building our career uh, as as we continue to to grow this part of our our respective businesses. And so, um, you know, it think of it like public radio it's public podcasting and th- this show comes to you are the only th- you still get the podcast for free we're not giving you absolutely have access to that we're not changing anything about that but but we sure appreciate your help in uh, helping us continue to thrive so there you go that's the pitch now wow
1: almost 10 years that's amazing when you say that out loud <laughs>
0: It's it's, crazy. <laughs> that it's crazy. crazy. That is crazy.
1: That is crazy. And we still here, even going into ten years, have different topic topics to talk about every week.
0: Oh, we sure do. And yeah. like this week. Yes. Making decisions. So this yes. inspiration came out of the survey.
1: But it was, a sur- it was an survey. old survey, survey so yeah. it wasn't the one I did most recently, um, but it was one that I think I did like two years ago. And what I was doing is I was computer cleanup. I was doing, co- you know, I was purging old files and I was going through Evernote and I was going through Dropbox and some other um, places that I keep things and I had come across this Excel sheet that said, you know, here are some of the pain points for people. And uh, decision-making became a theme all of a sudden. Now, people had different reasons, different comments. So there were a few that would say, I'm just overwhelmed with options. I have too many options. I don't know which one to do. Um, I overthink the decision was a very common theme. You know, putting too much analysis in it. Uh, I put too much emotion in the decision. In fact, there was a specific question at one point. I couldn't find it because I did try to, but I couldn't find it. But there was a specific question at one point that said, how, how do I take the emotion out of making decisions? Right. Um, there was a question about, am I investing money in the right or wrong thing? right so when yeah. it comes to money and it's actually costing something, how do I know if I'm making the right decision uh, but the big kicker here and this is the one that I really want us to focus on today is just fear of making the wrong decision what if I regret it later
0: is that a that is that a perennial thing like is that not just out of the survey but is that is that a sense that you get in working with your coaching clients?
1: Absolutely. And that's why I caught on to this so quickly is that, you know, as soon as I started seeing the trend and I think about, you know, the things that I talk to my clients about, it definitely is a pattern all around. Mm Mm-hmm,
0: absolutely, I I absolutely relate to this, and I think it's at the root of uh, at least some part of my fascination with exploring technology tools and sure. where my dopamine push comes from. Is that oh God, I'll I'll settle on one thing for you know weeks, months, maybe a year, but always in the back of my mind is, did I make a mistake? Mm-hmm. Right? Did mm-hmm. I, I? I guess I'd better rebuild my to-do lists again. Right. right. just Just because I may have screwed up and I have to constantly reaffirm that choice, whatever choice it was. I have to reaffirm it and make sure it's still right, because it, it it's only right for that second when you make that decision. And in my head it becomes an open question the second I make a decision again. Right, does that right. make sense? Like,
1: it does. Well, and something you were saying earlier that, that it reminds me of just the rabbit hole of research that people can go into, you know, yeah. when they are looking for either a new to-do app or if they're looking for, a, you know, a, a kitchen appliance. I mean, it can so easily turn into, you know, hours and hours of research and trying to make that right decision. Uh, and today I'm going to be talking about this sort of on a broad level, I mean, there are different decisions to make that have, you know, bigger impacts, right? So having, making the decision of what to have for dinner versus making a decision if you should move to another state and take a different job. I mean, obviously those are two different things, but the, the, uh, common, uh, uh, denominator here is just the fear of making the wrong decision. Right. right and so, right. um, you know how I love looking at definitions. I love knowing what things really mean because when you think of fear, you know, everybody probably has a little bit different way of describing what that means to them. So I went yeah. to webster.com. Fear is the most general term and implies anxiety and usually loss of courage. And, and it kind of went on to a few more sentences, but it was basically the fear of unknown. So in the in our show notes, I'm going to put a different link um, or another link that actually is from Psychology Today because it was a really interesting article about fear. And what it said is that it says it's a vital response to physical and emotional danger. If people didn't feel fear, they couldn't protect themselves from legitimate threats. It also says that common fears today have more to do with the impression people make and how others' judgments affect their self worth.
0: Hmm. So a mm. couple
1: of little angles here, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, and it's kind of all over the place, but I really liked th- these three statements because this is where I see, um, my clients fitting in, you know, the, the fear of anxiety, right? There's anxiety of making the right, right or wrong choice. And then if you're not sure, a lot of people just don't make the choice, right? So that's where the loss of courage comes in. Right. And then you also look at these, uh, this emotional danger. Of I need to protect myself because of what other people think of me or the judgments that people are going to say about my self-worth. But then there's that physical danger too, where I think it's really important that we don't ignore fear. Because if you're in a situation and the little hairs on your neck pop up because you feel like you're in danger, like something's not right, then that's something to listen to because you could be physically in danger. Isn't that interesting?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, and that's the that's the evolutionary danger, right? That's the thing where, you know, it has this root. You could be being chased by a tiger. (laughs) Right. right? Right. My, you know, and and why often that fear doesn't translate very well. My fear of making decision on uh, whether or not to use Todoist is not as life threatening as being chased by a tiger. Let's just leave it at that. It is not as life threatening.
1: Right, So we want the life-threatening fear to certainly yes. be in place. <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't want to ignore that. And we don't want but to we overcome what that. We,
0: exactly. <laughs> what we can't ignore is, and this is the ridiculous part, the fact that my choice to use some organizing system is not as relatively dangerous as being chased by a tiger doesn't discount the fact that in my ADHD head, it
1: feels, feels that, that way. way. <laughs> Totally. I know. Right. So that is so I mean, that is the reason why we want to have this conversation yeah. is that, you know, bringing this to light. Right. We have to embrace this fear um, and and confront it, I think, in a way that that really does um, help us go on making those daily decisions. And, and you know, what is keeping us stuck? Because if we really feel like, what I'm making for dinner is going to be just as big as being chased by a tiger, we're getting stuck in something that's not logical, right? right? So we got to try to get ourselves out of that a little bit. And I think one of the worst places to be is in decision mode. I just think that is like the worst place to be because that thinking and processing it and talking about it, it can drive a person, crazy
0: yes
1: (laughs) you know i mean you're just sitting sitting in that limbo and it's an awful place to be uh but i do want to go back i want to circle back to webster's our friend webster Mm -hmm. and his definition because especially with the part where it says loss of courage now when i think of courage i think of Brene brown because she is really the researcher of courage and vulnerability right right And so my first recommendation when you are trying to overcome the fear of making your daily decisions, not the ones that are going to protect you for your life, um, I highly recommend that you check out Brene Brown's book um, or her work, not just her book. She has several books. But check out her work, listen to her her TED Talks, and listen to the way that she reads the quote from uh, Theodore Roosevelt, The Man in the Arena. Um, I'm not even gonna try to do it because it. I won't do it justice the way that she does. So I definitely want people who are listening to this to, even if you've heard it before, go back and listen to it again. Uh, in short, I will give you a summary it's not the critic who counts. It's the person that's showing up. It's the person that's showing up in the arena. They're the ones that are trying and they have the courage. And uh, she will tell you that, uh, Brene Brown will tell you that when you are in the arena, you will fall and your butt is going to get kicked and, uh, you know, you're going to get scratches. It's not going to be an, an easy fight, um, but you keep getting up. You keep showing up. Mm-hmm. And that's what's important. And so I take her work so um seriously when you talk about making decisions and this fear of any, you know, fear of anything, but specifically making decisions. Because the reality is we will never know the outcomes of our decisions until we make the decision and live it. Right. Right. And so life is full of choices and full of decisions and we're going to make fantastic ones right you and i working together fantastic great choice choice. uh you know we're gonna make okay ones uh we're (laughs) gonna make choices that maybe wasn't my best choice (laughs) or really really bad ones and ones that you will regret It will happen, right? Just because we overcome maybe this little bit of fear we have doesn't mean we're going to still make the right choice. So we want to be honest about that.
0: Well, and the the truth of the matter is the only way you can guarantee yourself the opportunity to make a next choice is by making a current choice. Exactly. That's the only way we can guarantee that we build any sort of inertia, any sort of momentum is is by actually making a choice.
1: And I think the problem comes down to that when you don't make the choice, somebody else makes it for you. Yeah. And that may not have been the way that you wanted to go. So right. we have to kind of take back our control a little bit. So I got my coaching hat on. Yes. Yes. And I have a couple of questions for people to think about. So when you're listening to this to this show and you're thinking about, okay, what am I fearing? What is the decision that I have to make in my life right now that I'm, you know, not sure of? And I want to ask, you know, what if you weren't afraid to fail?
0: Are you asking me?
1: No, no, I'm just saying anybody in general. I mean, it's it, good because that's a terrifying listening. thing. It is a terrifying thing. And that's the <laughs> thing about good coaching questions. This is not something you necessarily can just answer like right away. But no, right. this is for our listeners to take this away. You know, take this away after you're done listening to us and think about it. What if you weren't afa- afraid to fail? How would that affect your decision with either this or just as a pattern in general. So if you were always in a place where you weren't afraid to fail, how would this affect your decision-making patterns? So those are two really important questions to to think about. Mm -hmm. And I think something else that we have to connect the dots here is that fear and decision-making are tied to confidence, right? So if we Mm -hmm. confront our confidence level of how confident we feel about whether we fail or not, that's going to tie into being a little bit more courageous in your decision making, because you're going to know that you know what, no matter what the outcome, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to figure it out. It's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to learn from this, and I'm going to talk about learning in just a second. Uh, what do you think about that? How does that sit with you, Pete?
0: It resonates with the decisions that I have struggled with in in the past, um, and this idea that uh you know i am i am not making a decision or i am i guess on the other side of that spectrum i am hype making i'm hyper making decisions right i'm making all of the tiniest little decisions and then i'm making them over and over and over again and i think that stems from that comes from the same wellspring of emotional like knots that that, you know, the, the decisions that are hardest for me to make. I sometimes celebrate the fact that I, I am enabled or I'm empowered to make a decision. And so I'll make it and then immediately go back into decision cycle. And, and so, you know, I'm, I only live in that space of having successfully moved on for a short period of time. Because it feels unsafe to live outside of a question.
1: I wonder by listening to you, because a lot of times what we focus on is what's wrong or we'll focus on what's missing. And we're Mm -hmm. not always focused on what we did right or what, you know, that decision I made was really a good decision. So I would just ask the question of, you know, what if we shift that a little bit and actually held on a little bit longer to making that good decision before jumping right into the pool of self-doubt?
0: Well, right. I think that's the that's the grand question. Right. Yeah, what is yeah. it? What is it that it takes to hold to to stop? Right? right. To stop moving. and And in some cases, the act of making a decision for me is the thing that I'm hyper focusing on. Right. That's mm-hmm. where I get that's. The dopamine rush that I get right, right that's right. where i can't focus on anything else because I have to make and live in this decision space that's the comfort zone for me, and it is conversely the unhealthy zone for me and so to to make myself stop and slow down and experience that that space after a decision is made uh, in a way that doesn't thrust me into some new cycle to make the same decision again and again, that's, that's the challenge.
1: So something you said to me that was really, that really resonated was the comfort level. So I'm going to throw it out there that we need to get a little bit more comfortable in being uncomfortable. Truly. You know, and seeing where that takes us. Um, and when it comes to the, to the confidence piece too, I would want to say I'm going to add two more questions, coaching questions for people to think about as they, uh, go on with their day. Uh, is what's holding you back from making the decision? Like really what specifically, is holding you back and, and really kind of analyzing that and thinking about that. And then what's the connection between your confidence and the end result? So it's going back to a personal level of how uncomfortable are you being in that un- uncomfortableness? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know you you explained where you are and i would want people our listeners to think about where they are and and how they're connected to that
0: right i think that's the that's the trick and that's what i'm trying to say not that i am in a place of comfort right. necessarily and that that's the right thing that that is when my adhd brain is kicked in that's mm-hmm. the safe space safe
1: space. right, right
0: the safe space Absolutely. because it's familiar and so yeah. i use comfort in that context but what we know what we know about learning anything is that you have to get into this you know what others have called the valley of despair right it's the valley of despair it's that discomfort that you're talking about that actually causes us to be to to operate at our most creative at our most energetic at our mm-hmm. most sort of integrative like being able to look at all the disparate signals that are coming in and acclimate to them it allows us to adapt and i think when i'm at my worst it's because i don't let myself dip into that creative space that space of discomfort that learning space because i feel so safe and comfortable i'm habituated into the other space
1: well and going back to not being able to make
0: a decision or making them again and again and again and again
1: yeah, absolutely. And going back to Brene's uh, the the or the Theodore Roosevelt um, quote, you know, yeah. it's it's much safer to be the critic on the side than it is to be the person showing up in the arena. I Truly. mean, it, it is much safer for sure. So That's you right. have to kind of make a choice of where you want to be and where you're okay with, you know, what you're okay with. And yeah. I think that one of the things that we can definitely do is start thinking a little bit differently about the word failure. And, you know, when we look at how we speak to ourselves, we know that words matter. And failure, I, what, th- there's two things I want to kind of compare. Against each other. And that's failure versus having it be a true learning experience. So when you say I failed at this or this didn't work out the way I wanted, or this to do list was a bomb or whatever, when you say you failed at it, it doesn't invite any kind of learning or forward movement. Um, there's a lot of judgment that's around failure and for ADD years, especially it takes you down a path of a lot of shame. Um, you're not empowered any longer. You're not inspired to take any further action because, you know, once again, here's this, this moment of failure that you experienced. And so the other thing that I want to compare that to, what I want to compare it to is having it be a learning experience. So you tried something, you made a decision, It maybe it didn't work out the way that you wanted it to. So, all right, I'm going to change my perspective from it just being a failure and look at it and think, what did I learn from this? What am I taking away from this? How can I adjust this for something, you know, going more towards my goals? I'm not saying this is easy and I'm not saying this is something that's going to just happen overnight. I've seen people who... Have worked years on certain things and didn't accomplish what they wanted to accomplish. And they had to grieve over that, right? They had a lot of grieving. So by no means do I make, want to make this sound easy. Um, it's just a different way to look at it that, you know, to try something, you have to, you have to put yourself out there and it may mean that you don't get it. And if you don't get it, what are you going to do with that now how are you going to move forward and um you know it it it's something that if you have a really hard time coming to terms with this then i really encourage you to get help get get support don't do it on your own and uh, talk to a therapist talk to a professional who can help you process you know what's going on and how can you move from this um and and you know that's kind of where I would go with that, especially those really big, huge disappointments that we have that sometimes it's just so heavy that it's like, I can't, I can't seem to get over it. Definitely get, get help.
0: I think this is, um, this is really powerful stuff for me. And it's, it, as Yet again, as regular listeners will know, sometimes even after living and practicing this stuff for 20 years, you get sort of sideswiped because I feel like what you are describing is something that is so insidious because it feels so good to live in that space, because it feels so good to live in question space. It's it satisfies that need for for me, um, you know, that that. Adrenaline rush, that dopamine push to live in that period of uncertainty because it allows me to just not make decisions or make them again and again. I think that uh, it it, uh, it it just reminds me that it's still something that I'm dealing with all the time and that I guess if I could add anything, it's that this is not necessarily a solvable thing. It is a a thing that has to be practiced constantly. It is a practice. Let's say that. It is a practice that, you know, like anything else that you do every day to make yourself stronger and healthier.
1: Absolutely.
0: There's no no end and that's okay.
1: Right, right, right. Uh, What are your coaching questions? Two more uh, questions for people as we wrap up. Uh, What decision are you stuck on right now? So think about a decision you're stuck on right now. And what will it look like for you to show up?
0: Mm. That's it. What will it look like for you to show up? Just show up. I love it. Thank you, Nikki Kinzer. Great subject. uh, Great topic. Given me, uh, once again, a lot to think about. Uh, And thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. Once again, we appreciate your time and your attention. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. And we'll catch you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast.